Welcome to Film Festival Week on Radio Rehab. This week, we're covering two film festivals, starting with Slow, that's San Luis Obispo, and ending with South by Southwest. We've got four films coming up for you, and we're starting with Ahead of the Curve. This movie is about a magazine called Curve. It's the best-selling lesbian magazine ever published. It's about Franco Stevens. She started the magazine, and if it weren't for zines, I don't even think I'd be myself right now. Like, they saved my life. Let's join our conversation with Jen Rainin, the co-producer and director of the movie. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. a cool movie for me to watch because um i grew up in the 90s i was like part of the riot girl scene and if not for zines i don't know where i'd be that was my whole childhood i mean my first job was at tower records and i was in charge of the zines they let me have my own zine section i mean it was super cool so it was it was really amazing to watch this and also i felt a little bit privileged because you know i i when I was a young kid, I was in Hollywood. My friends came out of the closet when they were like eight. It, it was just not a thing. And, and then I ended up growing up in the Bay Area. And it just, I, it's just, it's just shocking to me that anything like this happened in my, like while I was alive, that anybody even cared enough to like have that kind of hatred. But what, what made you, what made you want to make this, this, this documentary? Ah, well, I married this incredible woman who started this publication 30 years ago. And um, and as I got to know some of the backstory, some of the some of the crazy things that happened, um, things like uh, when she said, oh, you know, I when I was I had the idea for the magazine, I was living in my car. I didn't have any money and nobody would give me any money. So I. Um, took out 12 credit cards in one day and I cashed them out and I went to the racetrack and bet on the horses and I won. <laughs> I thought, oh, wait, this is an amazing story. This would make an incredible uh, fiction film. I think I will write the screenplay for this. So I started writing the screenplay and researching. And in the research, I realized how few of our stories as queer women are, are well-documented, particularly from the, from the 90s and the 2000s. And so I started to feel really a deep responsibility to tell this story first as a nonfiction story. So I started on the documentary. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because I'm, I'm actually a recovering addict. So it's like when she went to the races, I was like, oh, where's this going? Oh, what? It's like, it's like actually knowing somebody who won the lottery. It's so weird. I mean, it's absolutely amazing that that's how she did that. Um, I just, I want to talk a little bit about how I, it just confuses me when people say they don't feel represented. Um, because like I said, I come from a privileged place of going to an art school and I'm just like really people feel like that you know even though my family's from the south like even when I go back to the deep south I have cousins who are out and it's like they're just still loved and it's not so I've really never I guess experienced homophobia in my life and you know I'm in my 40s now so that's like for everyone that's that's so great <laughs> and so rare I know it just it really and okay so okay I remember the magazine because, like I said, I worked the magazine section and Tower Records and then the punk and jazz tape section back when we had tapes. Mm -hmm. and I remember I remember the magazine. Absolutely. 
Um, was it a big deal to have the word lesbian taken off the magazine? It was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to, so when Franco started the magazine, she came out the gate saying, I am putting, I'm making this magazine for our community and I'm going to put the word lesbian right on the cover. And people were uh, not very positive about that at first. Like, this is not a good idea. It's not safe. Um, people won't be comfortable reading it. Uh, it's not a good idea. Don't do it. And she fought for it. And I'm so glad that she did. Um, because, despite the fact that it did, in some cases, um, cause the newsstands to put it behind a piece of plastic as if it were porn. It's not, it's not porn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lifestyle magazine, right? Yeah. Um, but it had the word lesbian on the cover. So, you know, must, it must be porn um, was the logic. It, over time, that got better. And it got better because, uh, uh, you know, in part because the magazine existed because they were so bold to have the, the word on the cover. And, um, and it did uh, shift and became, I mean, in fairness, it's still, if you subscribe to it, the magazine, it would still come um, in, in a brown wrapper or whatever, an opaque wrapper so that you weren't outed to your letter carrier or your family or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it was just a few years ago, the current publisher of the magazine in response to, I think a lot of um, the conversation in community at that time, uh, particularly around TERFs, uh, trans-exclusionary radical feminists, um, decided, you know what? We, it, it doesn't feel, the word lesbian doesn't feel inclusive to some folks now. So we're gonna go ahead and take it off. And I think that was a real bummer <laughs> I know yeah, Frank was really no. sad about that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's funny because you mentioned the turfs. Like, I really wanted to bring that up. Um, you know, like I said, like being in recovery and like, you know, living in San Francisco, I, I, I see everything. And it's like, you know, people want to change the lingo and the verbiage to everything. And I just, I almost wonder, does that make it, does that whole movement make it more exclusionary to people like I don't I mean it's just you know what I mean it's like it's so confusing why can't we just all be <laughs> which is so stupid and I know how ignorant that was but it's just no, no it's not I mean it's 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 visionary frankly I mean I think it's what we want to get to but in a reality where so many of us have had our identities um invisibilized or not acknowledged uh it's it's really legitimizing to be able to stake your claim to the identity that you feel. And I mean, to my, I guess, so to my mind, bringing in, um, expanding the definition uh, and the words that we use to describe ourselves in community is a really positive thing. It's a really inclusive thing. And, um, and I also hear what you're saying, like it can feel exclusionary depending on how you're using the words and how you and what your intention is, but uh, you know, I mean, my, I'm an idealist, I guess, and an no. optimist, Me too. And, and inclusive to the point where we don't have to all feel like oh, I need to stake my claim because, as you said, we just all are. Exactly, and and I, the one thing, another thing that stuck out to me was the part where Franco, you know, just the fact that she didn't even say I was married to a man; she just said. 
like it was on the Geraldo show. And she says, I was married once. He went, I didn't know that. Like he automatically knew if it was because I forgot gay marriage was once not a thing. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Yeah. So married meant to a man. And it was just funny to me after like tons of movies that I've, that I've screened, like, okay, Elton John's movie. How come it wasn't a big deal that he married a woman? And he's Elton John, as we all know him now. Same with Freddie Mercury. He was married to a woman first. Like, why is it so big of a deal that a lesbian was once married to a man before she came out? I don't know. Just going to say, it's kind of a little bit of a patriarchal society we live in. I'm the first person to note it. <laughs> what do you think about how Curve carries on uh, keeping the trust and the vision that she started it with? Mm. I think that's, to me, one of the most beautiful things that came out of making this film. The, the decision to evolve Curve into, uh, into a charitable foundation that's designed specifically to carry on the mission of Curve, the original mission and the original values of Curve around inclusivity, around authentic voice, um, seeing the Curve Foundation start to come into the world now is really gratifying. And I think Frank feels really good about it. And yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think so too. What, what do you think, like in your opinion, and, and I mean, I, if you could even speak for her, I don't, but like, how would you like to see the magazine be like, let's just say five years because things change every 18 months, let's just say like five years from now. What would be the most ideal way to see the magazine? Ah, that, well, as you said, it's, it's a little bit hard to answer because it does change so dramatically every 18 months or so. But I will say this for sure. Um, it's, it's really important, I think, for Franco and for me to see the 30 years of articles um, that document our culture, our history, our struggles, um, our beauty, our diversity, be accessible, be available, be searchable. Right now, the, it, they're not. It's hard to, like you can't sort of Google search, like Melissa Etheridge comes out on the cover of Deneuve magazine in 1993. Can't really find that. So it is, so making sure that all that came before that 30 years is available, um, that's really important. And what it's evolving into, I think that's gonna be up to the Curve Foundation, but I know that, um, I, I will drop this. This is an exclusive for you. Uh, around about April 15th, if you go to curvemag.com, you will see a, a refreshed vision for what the publication will be. I can't wait. That, oh, that sounds awesome. I totally, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. I just think it's so cool that we have this magazine and we have this history to go on. And I think everyone should look up the history because history is my favorite part of anything. I mean, it's how we got to where we are right now. So I just, I hope that everybody checks that out. And I think that's so cool. And, and thank you so much for sharing that with me. Oh, my pleasure. This was such a great movie to watch. It was so cool. Like, I just love the history of all this and like the whole like silence equals death and act up. Like I just grew up seeing that. It was just not a big deal to me being eight years old, the pink triangle. You know what I mean? It just, so yeah, yeah. I, I hope that that people who live, who don't have, you know, people who aren't blessed to live in California or New York, I, I hope that they research the history of this because there's just so much richness there. 
Well, come June 1st, everyone's going around the world is going to have access to this film. We're releasing widely on Apple and Amazon and Google and Vudu and Fandango and several other outlets. So check it out at, at Curve Mag Movie on all the socials. Uh, and uh, you, you will uh, hopefully get to see the film and enjoy it if you haven't seen it already. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks so much to Jen Rainin for being on the show. More info about Ahead of the Curve can be found in our show notes. Stay tuned for our next episode when we continue our slow festival coverage with Vinyl Nation. If you want to be on the show or you know anyone who should be on the show, please contact us. The email is radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. That's go-to productions.com. You can also call or text 415-496-9511, even when we're not in studio. And on all the socials, it's at Radio Rehab Dana, D-A-Y-N-A. Thank you for listening. Keep coming back.